Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. Can you believe that we are already at the end of season two? We are wrapping up our study of the ancient world with the stunning equestrian statue of Marcus Aurelius. Although this class of statue was quite popular in the ancient world, this is the only example to survive to the modern era. To learn all about this sculpture in ancient Rome in the second century, then keep on listening. The equestrian statue of Marcus Aurelius is made of bronze and looms over the viewer. Horse and rider stand at a massive 13.9 feet or 4.2 meters. Our historians believe that this piece dates from the latter part of Marcus Aurelius's reign, around 176 to 180 CE. Today, the original sculpture is housed in the Capitoline Museum in Rome. However, a replica stands in its place on the Piazza del Campidoglio just outside. This statue is one of 22 imperial equestrian monuments that decorate the city of Rome. However, it is the only one to have survived antiquity. We are going to talk more about why this was the case later. Since its unveiling, it has been praised for its naturalistic detail. The muscles of the horse tense as he lifts his foot and turns his head in response to Marcus Aurelius grabbing the reins. The emperor had his hand raised in one of three gestures. Without any inscriptions, though, historians are split onto which one this piece actually represents. The options are Ad Lucio, which is addressing the troops, Clementia, granting clemency, likely to an enemy defeated in battle, or Restuccio Paces, restoring peace. There are some art historians that believe there was once a barbarian cowering underneath the foot of the horse. A similar image can be found in other work depicting Marcus Aurelius, but without any inscriptions or surviving evidence, it's impossible to be sure. As mentioned before, this statue is made of bronze. In order to create a piece of this size, multiple pieces were made using the lost wax technique and then soldered together. The term lost wax does not mean that humanity lost knowledge of how to use this method. Instead, it refers to the fact that the wax melts away during the process. This is one of the oldest techniques for creating sculpture. In fact, the earliest example ever found dates from 6,000 years ago in the Indus Valley. This process was used all the way up until the Industrial Revolution in the 19th century. To start, a wax model was created first. It was molded into the exact shape with whatever details needed to be seen on the final product. Then, this wax model was encased in either plaster or clay. This was carefully applied so that the details of the wax would transfer to the plaster or clay. Next, a small hole was drilled into the casing and then the whole thing was heated. The wax model would melt and drain away. Then the hole was patched and the now empty casing would be filled with liquid bronze. Once the metal cooled and set, the casing would be chiseled away. And voila, a new bronze sculpture would be revealed. In ancient times, bronze was extremely valuable. And as you can see from our discussion above, quite time consuming to work with. So it was common practice to melt down old statues and other pieces to reuse in new ways, especially for weapons. But if this was the case, then how did this particular statue survive? Well, the devil is in the details. When the equestrian sculpture was first debuted, it sat in one of two places. Some historians favor the Caelian Hill due to its proximity to the Imperial Cavalry Barracks. Others think that it was placed on the Campus Martius, a popular area of the city. By the 10th century, the statue became identified as that of Constantine, 
This is the major key to its survival. The papacy, which ruled over Rome at this time, would never dare melt down a statue of the first Christian emperor. This is definitely a case of historical irony. Under Marcus Aurelius' rule, there was an increased persecution of Christians, though it's possible that this was under direction from his officials. In 1538, Michelangelo had the sculpture moved to the Capitoline Hill. He had been commissioned by the papacy to design a new piazza there. It was called the Piazza del Campidoglio and can still be visited in Rome today. Michelangelo had the ground covered in gray stone and highlighted it with an intricate white geometric pattern. This statue served as a centerpiece for over 400 years. In 1981, the government made the decision to move the piece into the museum for its protection. A replica was made and put in its place. The equestrian statue of Marcus Aurelius has been a major part of the Italian national identity. In fact, it was placed on one of their Euro coins. Next, we're going to talk about more about the emperor and the impact of his statue. But first, we're going to take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now that we're back, let's take a deep dive into the emperor himself. Marcus Aurelius was born in or around 121 CE. His family had long been members of the upper ruling class, so it was no surprise that he was adopted as his uncle, Antonius Pius's heir. It's important to note that his brother, Lucius Verus, was also an heir, and the two did rule together for a bit. But Lucius Verus died fairly young, so Marcus Aurelius is often considered to be the main emperor for this portion of imperial history. Marcus Aurelius reigned over Rome from 161 to 180 CE. He is considered the last of the five good emperors. The others include past podcast subject Trajan, and also Nerva, Hadrian, and Antonius Pius. During his reign, Marcus Aurelius fought in numerous military conflicts, trying to keep the giant empire together. In addition, a devastating plague ravaged across the world. It is called the Antonine Plague after the dynasty, and historians estimate it killed around 5 million people between 165 and 166 CE. For the first couple centuries of the Roman Empire, emperors were always beardless. To them, it radiated power and class. We talked a bit about this during the last episode, so make sure to check that out. However, Hadrian, who ruled about 30 years before Marcus Aurelius, admired the Greek culture so much that he grew a beard. From then on, his successors followed this trend. But Marcus Aurelius took it a step further. He was highly educated and found himself drawn to the Stoic philosophy school. This type of philosophy focused on restraint, knowledge, and reason. Marcus Aurelius wrote a book on the subject called Meditations, which is still popular to this day. Sadly, Marcus Aurelius's reign marks the beginning of the end of the Roman Empire. Breaking with tradition, he chose his son, Commodus, as his heir. This was an incredibly poor decision. Commodus was not the most stable of men, and his reign led to giant cracks forming in the once mighty empire. In fact, he was so hated that he was assassinated in 192 CE. 
Today, Marcus Aurelius is not remembered for his son's actions, but instead for his wise rule and stoic nature. As we just mentioned, Marcus Aurelius's reign was one of the last good ones during Roman history. In fact, historians use his death date as the end of the Pax Romana. This term literally means Roman peace and lasted from around 27 BCE with the foundation of the empire under Augustus to the death of Marcus Aurelius. For about 200 years, Rome saw unprecedented growth and prosperity in both territory and economy. This relative stability allowed for artistic, scientific, and engineering advances to be made, further allowing for expansion of the empire's ideals. There were a few rough patches here and there, like the reigns of Caligula and Nero, and the year of the four emperors, but for the most part, the emperors that ruled over the Roman Empire were strong and steady leaders. The equestrian statue of Marcus Aurelius was one of the most influential sculptures from the ancient world. And as mentioned before, since it was the only one of this style to survive antiquity, art historians can directly trace its influence. This can most easily be seen in the Renaissance because it inspired the great masters like Donatello with a statue of Gattamelata and in numerous drawings by Leonardo da Vinci. They were fascinated with the realistic depiction of the human and equine forms, as well as celebrating the achievements of a single man. This statue of Marcus Aurelius is a fascinating piece of history that we're lucky to have today. It represents the peak of the Roman Empire and how the Romans wanted to be remembered. Keep an eye out for the start of season three next week. We are traveling to the medieval era and you don't want to miss out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.